أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وآله آل الله واللعنة على آدائهم وعداوتهم إلى يوم اللقاء الله السلام عليكم جميعا ورحمة الله وبركاته Today dear brothers and sisters uh, the 3rd of September and the, 20, the day of the 25th of Muharram and the night of the 26th of Muharram the day of the martyrdom of Imam Sajjad alayhi salatu wassalam and yesterday as you know we discussed another part from Risalat al-Hukuk meaning the right of the counselor in the treaties of rights so once again for those viewing online just want to refresh that what the Risalat al-Hukuk is so Risalat al-Hukuk is the treaties of rights meaning it's a book where Imam Sajjad Islam it's a compilation of his sayings regarding the rights of basically everything the right of our friends, the right of our companion, the right of our neighbor, right of our parents the right of our children and so on and so forth <coughs> and we've been discussing for the past two days at least you know one part uh, there's a lot of parts we can look and you, as you know the ilm of Ali Muhammad, the knowledge of Ahlul Bayt والسلام, is beyond our understanding. Even if we were to, you know, just stay here and keep on constantly just talking about the fazilat of Ahlul Bayt والسلام, day and night would go by and we could not even reach 1% of uh, the actual uh, status of Amir al Mu'mineen and Ahlul Bayt. Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ala Muhammad wa ajjil farajahum And moving forward, yesterday just to recap, yesterday I was also mentioning how it's important to bring our children, to bring our youth and to bring those young children, even though they might be young, one month, two old, six months, two years old, three years old, whatever age they are, it's important that we bring them to the majlis because, you know, at that age, they might not be understanding what, what is being said in the mosque or what's being said in the majlis. But that time that they spend, uh, sp uh, spend around you, even though they might be playing with their toys, they might be, you know, just running here and there. But constantly they're always hearing something. You know, they'll hear the name of Imam Hassan Islam. They'll hear the name of Imam Ali Islam. They'll hear the name of Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Alaihi Wasallam. Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ala Muhammad. And you know, as they grow up, they'll understand that my role model is not, you know, uh, Kobe Bryant or this uh, singer or that, uh, you know, actor or this and that. Because when you go today and ask anybody around, you know, uh, who are going to middle school, high school, around that age, you go and ask them about any uh, sports player, about any basketball player, any cricket player, any soccer player. They'll tell you, oh yes, that's, uh, he's in that team and he scored this many points. And you know, this guy, he's from this country. And you couldn't get all the like, you know, bio data from them. Like their whole biography, the children around today will know. But when you ask them about, you, even if you ask any of us about the hadith of Imam Hassan al-Murtaba alayhi salatu wassalam, Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ala Muhammad. How many of us we even have a hadith memorized uh, from Imam Hassan? How about Imam Bakr? How about Imam Rida? How about Imam Hassan al Askari? We have some hadith we can say memorized from uh, Imam Ali Imam Hussein and possibly Imam Sajjad 
But you know, it's not. We shouldn't limit ourselves to like you know just Imam Ali, Imam Hussein. We recite you know the status of Imam Ali and the Masaib of Imam Hussein Islam. And unfortunately, throughout the year, we you know kind of neglect the other Aima even though their purpose and their hadith are very close to the you know they're nearly the same. But when you hear it from another Imam, they're speaking in their time period. So you know there's a little bit time variation uh, in the time that they're the imam, and even though awwaluna Muhammad, akhirna Muhammad, awsutana Muhammad, meaning whatever the first Muhammad says is what uh, the last Muhammad is saying, we have to you know under uh, gain the ma'rifat. You know we can just memorize that uh, Imam Hassan was born on the fifteenth of Ramadan, but to actually understand the life of Imam Hassan alayhisalam, to understand the life of Imam Sajjad alayhisalam. And to understand the life of the rest of our Imma it's difficult because you know we've always we hear the focusing on uh, Imam Ali, Imam Hussein. I'm not saying that oh you shouldn't talk about Imam Ali, don't talk about Imam Hussein. Talk, talk as much as you want and spread the message of Imam Ali Islam. Spread the message of Imam Hussein Islam. But all would always try to you know look into the literature our other Imma have put. Like as you know, Imam Sajjad <coughs> when you look in Sahifa Sajjadiyah, you see so many du'as that are given to us for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, the whole week. You have du'as for every single day of Imam Sajjad he has given us. Even you look at the other imam, they give us du'as as well. But you know there's uh, some imma who are like highlighted for something. Like Imam Ali Islam, we highlight him for his greatness, his bravery. And we highlight Imam Hussein's tragedy of Karbala. And over here, we highlight Imam Sajjad wasalam, the Risalat al-Hukuk as one example. Sahifa al-Sajjadiyah is another example of some of the things that we have been given by Imam Sajjad wasalam. Salawat. And continuing, continuing from yesterday, one more, one more aspect I will continue to talk about uh, from Risalat al-Hukuk. But before that, you know, I want to talk about how Imam Sajjad Islam, he should have an internal impact on us. There's a physical impact they might have, how they look, how they dress, and so on and so forth. But the character and you know the way they behave towards others, and the true reality of how they're living their life, in the society. It's important for us to understand that. So we see that Imam Sajjad والسلام, he was shackled through the bazaar of Kufa and Sham. But when we think of that, we might shackle, you know, as a symbol, we put uh, like a, a chain on our hand as a remembrance of Imam Sajjad Now, there are some people who actually know why they're putting a chain on their hand in the remembrance of Imam Sajjad but then there are others who look at, you know, look around, it's the fashion of today. So just look around, oh, he's wearing it, they're wearing it, uh, he's wearing it, so why shouldn't I wearing it? That's blind following. You don't know why they're wearing it. There's a philosophy and logic behind every, each and everything that a Shia does. A Shia is not someone who is blind follower. Whatever a Shia does, he has some logic, some understanding behind it. So when we see... We should wear that in, in the intention of remembrance of Imam Sajjad We wear it because Imam Sajjad was shackled. And as a remembrance with Masaib, if we are wearing that and acting like Yazid, 
That's us showing us that oh, we only understand the physical appearance of the Imam. Imam is shackled, so I'm going to shackle myself. But we don't shackle our nafs. Our nafs, you know, it deviates us from the true path of uh, understanding the true religion. Our nafs tells us, go left. And our deen is telling us, go right. So whoever has control over their nafs, meaning the, their desires, if I want to go left, and the Islam is telling me to go right. I'm just giving an example. So don't think that there's somewhere in the book it's saying go left or go right. So this is just an example I'm giving. That my nafs says that I should walk around, you know, wearing, you know, clothing that is not proper. Islam gives us a proper dress code, how to dress up. And we see uh, uh, people, you know, come and praying in shorts. And, so, you know, there's nothing wrong in wearing shorts. And But when you come to the masjid, come to the mosque, when you're seeing people who are uh, coming to the masjid like they're coming to the gym. This is the house of worship. This is the, where we remember Imam Hussein alayhislam. And when we come to such place, remember in the majlis that Sayyidina Fatima salamu alayhi alayha. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa Muhammad. The Ahlul Bayt are coming in the Masjid. So we should, you know, reflect upon in what condition are we coming uh, to the, the Majlis. Are we dirty? Do we need to, like, you know, go take a shower? Do we need to get clean and come to the Masjid? Because, you know, you are sitting on the same plate that Ahlul Bayt are sitting. When there's a Majlis going on, they're sitting in front of uh, who is speaking and they're in the Majlis. And sometimes, you know, it's important that you realize that how you are coming to the majlis has an impact on where you are coming. You know how there's a proper dress up to everything. When you go to the gym, you dress up for the gym. But when you come to the masjid, you come uh, dress up for the masjid and so on and so forth. When you're taking a car, you don't take it to the hospital and say that, oh, go and fix my car. And you don't take your, you know, yourself to the mechanic and say, oh, I'm feeling, I'm having a fever. Can you give me some medicine and fix me? So it's illogical. And you, Islam gives us a lesson to take the logic. Logic is number one, for especially for the Shia Muslims. Logic and using our intellect, it's the top priority. If something, if you hear a hadith or if you hear a saying, if you're hearing something that is going against what the Quran is telling you, is going against the intellect, then know that that's not a hadith. It's just that's made up just to like, you know, make the public be feel happy or something like that. So it's important that we get the true religion from the true source of, uh, sources of Islam. We don't get the religion from, you know, self-elected the uh, khulafa or self-elected leaders that, oh, they say that the Prophet didn't elect anybody. And you can see there's clear evidence in the Quran and Hadith that how if Prophet Musa did not leave uh, his nation without ha Harun, how could Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ala Muhammad How could Prophet have left his ummah not for 30 days, not for 40 days, but for the rest of the 1400 years till this day? How could he have not left someone? So it is illogical to think that Prophet Muhammad did not leave anybody. And going from that, when Imam Ali is the Imam, after that we have Imam Hassan, Imam Hussein, Imam Sajjad Islam. Until this day, we have we are lucky, we are fortunate to be part of a creed, to be part of uh, the Shia Islam, where 
We have Imam Zamana Ajjal Allah Ta'ala Farjahu Sharif Allahumma salli ala Where we have a leader today Wa alaykum salam Where we have a leader who is you know here to guide us Like you know the example of Imam Zamana leading the Ummah is You know how the son benefits the Ummah The people, the world, the earth behind the clouds even though you may not physically see the sun, but when it's daytime, no matter how cloudy it is, you can always feel the light, you can always see the light of the sun. And it's, clearly you can tell when it's night because the sun isn't present anymore. So that same way, Imam Zamana Ajallahu Ta'ala Farjahu Sharif, Allahumma Salli Ala Muhammadin He is present over us. It's just our, we have been, you know, surrounded by this so many materialistic and worldly desires and materialistic issues that we neglect the reality that Imam is present. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching us. And it's important that we adjust our actions based on what Imam Zamana and based on what the Holy Prophet have instructed us to do. And now coming towards few more minutes left, just coming towards the conclusion, how we were continuing the topic of Risalat al-Hakuq and a hadith I want to share for today is that the right of the counselor. What When you go to somebody to seek advice, to get advice, you know the one who is seeking advice, Imam is also giving advice for uh, the uh, you know understanding and how what is the right of the one who is seeking advice and the, uh, the right of the one whom the advice is being seeked from. Yesterday I talked about uh, the one who is, you know, looking for advice, seeking advice. And today I'm going to be talking about the one who is giving the advice. So the right of the one who is giving advice to you is that you act gently towards him and give ear to him. So when somebody comes to ask advice from you, it is a responsibility of the one who is giving advice to listen to him, be gentle towards him. Don't be, you know, uh, aggressive. Towards, Why are you coming now? Oh, well, this is not the time to come. And, you know, showing him, your, oh, I have so much work to do. If somebody comes to you to ask for help, they come to you because they trust you. They know you, that you can help them. That's why they come towards you. And then going forward, Imam Sajjad Islam, he says that if that person who is seeking advice from you, he gives you the solution already in his, you know, talk. You say, yes, this is correct. What, the thing you want to do, the plan that you have set for yourself, this is correct. If it's correct, then tell him that your planning is good and you should continue with your plan. But if it's not uh, good, what you do is that you show compassion, mercy towards him and don't accuse him and don't show, you know, hostility towards him. Don't show aggression towards him that... What your plan is, is wrong. You cannot do this. You cannot do that. Don't do that. You know, we say, you know, gently, you know, if somebody is doing something wrong, you don't just, you know, stand up in the middle and say, yo, you are doing this wrong. If I am saying something wrong here, nobody would, you know, if you stand up in the middle, that's, you know, causing disruption and that's going to be like, you know, embarrassing to me and the person who is yelling it out. But if I'm saying something wrong, and after I finish, after you know, you see that uh, I'm not doing anything and you come to me and take me to the side and say, no, brother, what you said today or what you did today, oh, this is not right. And you uh, gently uh, uh, guide me towards the right path. But if you come and start yelling at me, that, oh, this is wrong, this, then that's going to, you know, that's not the proper way to do it. That's not in the seerat of Ahlul Bayt, how to do it. 
So if you consider him to have made a mistake and you don't take him for that unless he is deserving of accuracy, he knows that he is doing wrong and he still plans to do it and then that's when you can say oh this you are doing if you know that you are doing wrong and you continue to do it then that's when you stop him that's when you say oh this is you know this is not right so don't do it so then attach no more importance to his affair if he continues that i'm going to continue doing this wrong and say that i my responsibility was to tell you that what you are doing is wrong and this was my responsibility. If you want to act upon what is right, you are free to do so. I have advised you that this is the right path and the uh, path you are taking is not the right path. So you advise them in a generous, uh, in the nice way, in the kind way, in a compassionate way, in a merciful way. So this way, when you are trying to get, advise somebody, they don't get upset. And you're not, you know, you're not making yourself look like uh, that. And just in this time for Salat. And just a f one hadith from Imam Baqir where he is mentioning Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ali Muhammad where he is mentioning the masaib he said he is talking about Imam Hussein alayhi salam laqad qutila al-Hussein bis-sayfi wal-sinan wal-hajari wal-khashabi wal-asa ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين صلوات